everybody, I'm Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus, and together we are The Minimalists. And today we're going to answer all of your questions, or at least a lot of your questions, about the holidays, about gift giving, about gift receiving. Now, a few of you are watching this live, and that's great. We have some printed out questions we're going to answer, but also if you have questions and you're going through this live, you can type them there in the side. And then, of course, some of you are going to watch this after the fact or listen to this after the fact. And if you do that, great. We're answering a lot of your questions that you submitted as well. So, Ryan, I think we should go ahead and dive right into our first question. All right, perfect. Our first question is from Emma. Now, this was a very well thought out, detailed question. I'm going to paraphrase it a little bit. But basically, Emma is having an issue with uh, her in-laws and gift giving. What happens every year, Josh, is that her and her in-laws, they go on a family trip. Mm. And they have been doing this for a very long time, it's the same trip. They go to the same place, which I think is great. It's an experience. Tradition, um, even. Yeah, tradition. They they don't really uh, gift physical gifts. What they do is while they're on vacation, they buy each other meals. They take turns, um, basically, you know, taking each other out to dinner and lunch and things like that. That sounds great. Which is really really cool. Um, the the issue that Emma is having right now is that it has been going on for so long where she said that it has kind of kind of gone from tradition to ritual. Which, um, you know, it's funny because ritual can be a positive or negative thing, right? But in Emma's case, you know, uh, to, I guess to put it bluntly, she, she's, a, uh, she's ready for a, a different change, different change of scenery. It's no longer fulfilling. Uh, yeah. The same way that if you, uh, you, you and I both went to high school in Ohio mm-hmm. and had a fine experience at high school. But there's diminishing returns at some point yes. where if you're in high school for a fifth year or a sixth year or a tenth year, all of a sudden, the thing that was once rewarding is the same exact thing that is now preventing you from growing. Some traditions are really useful. Some traditions are really beneficial. And as opposed to setting down the tradition, the thing that I would want to do if I'm in Emma's shoes is change the tradition. Now, there are two ways to do that, I've found. One is you can make a slight pivot. You can, you can change the tradition slightly each year until five years from now, ten years from now, it looks radically different from where it was a decade earlier. Or if you can get the whole family on board, this is a little bit more difficult, sometimes you can start a brand new tradition. So it's not just saying no to this tradition, I don't want to do this, bah humbug. It's telling people what we should do going forward, and then, of course, modeling that behavior yourself, being being the, the cheerleader for this and realizing not everyone's going to be on board right away. They need to understand the benefits yeah. of why they're doing it, Emma. I, t- I totally agree. Emma, actually, she has... Uh, she goes on further in her question to talk about how uh, she has gone to the family and she has suggested the idea of, hey, let's try something new. Because, you know, she doesn't resent this time. It aligns with her values. She loves spending time with family. She wants to respect other people's wishes. But she wants to try something new. So the family, they have said yes. They get excited. Yeah, let's do something new. But then what ends, what ends up happening? They end up doing the same thing year after year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Emma, here's my piece of advice for you. What I would do if I was you, I would uh, plan it yourself. Because it sounds to me like everyone is on board, but no one wants to put the work into planning a new vacation. And sometimes, I know for me, when I have a really good idea, 
in order for it to get executed. Sometimes I have to do it myself. Uh, this is this is not a big deal. It just means you got to put a little extra work. But I promise you, if you go to them and you say, hey, remember we talked about doing something different? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to make the arrangements. I'm going to send out an email. I'm going to have clear instructions. Uh, would you guys be open to that? And I, I, I bet you they're going to be open to that. If they've already told you that they're open to going somewhere else, I think it's just a matter of kind of putting the details here. So, yes, there's nothing wrong with changing tradition. Um, and I love how, uh, I mean, Emmy even says here in her uh, question, I don't resent uh, you know, spending the money uh, because it wholeheartedly aligns with my priority of being with family. And sometimes, you know, uh, you've got to you've got to sacrifice a little bit to get uh, to get a little bit, uh, you know, in another area. And for this, it's Emma sacrificing her time to go on this trip that has been repetitive, but she's getting a lot of family time. So Emma, no problem to have. Absolutely, absolutely. We got a couple more questions here. Um, I noticed no one has put in any live questions. I don't. If they're like me, man, they might have a hard time knowing how to use the, you know, the computer. There's a little chat box below. You hit that chat box and then it pops up and then you can start typing in your stuff there. I can see um, somebody already said, hey guys, on the side there. All right. Our, keep it one to two sentences for your question. Great idea. All right. Our uh, next question. I've been moving my larger family to experiences versus exchanging gifts, but the difficult thing I'm finding is that the different nuclear families have varying incomes. What would you suggest for planning experiences slash trips for a larger extended family who hold the value of spending time together but also would like to go somewhere new? That's pretty, I mean, this one's pretty easy. You have to find what the, the lowest common denominator is here. So, so uh, there are four of us in our studio right now. It's me and Ryan, podcast Sean, and Jordan no more. Now, we know that Sean and Jordan make more money than us. Right. And so, obviously, if we go somewhere, they're going to probably have to pay for it. Um, but no, uh, and, and so if th- those guys want to go eat at Lowry's Steakhouse, which is a cr- crazy expensive place, um, and you and I can't afford it, it would, it would actually be rude for them to expect us to be able to go there and pay for that, yeah. right? The same is obviously true with a family vacation. And so uh, what we're at to figure out is that, that what, what is the compromise? And if the most we can afford is the coffee shop across the street, which is really good food, and I can get a nice nourishing meal. Yeah. And by the way, you can get a nice nourishing experience with the rest of your family that doesn't cost a lot of money. Any examples that you can think of? Uh, no, I totally agree, man. Actually, my my, uh, my response is kind of uh, what the second question is here. Uh, or I'm sorry, the, the third question we have here is, what is the greatest gift you received this year or the last meaningful gift you received? Uh, Mariah's family, um, we go on a family trip every year. We go to Flathead Lake. And what they did this year is because they know that like Mariah and I really don't ask for or need anything for birthdays or Christmas. They bought our trip to Flathead. Mm-hmm. So what an amazing gift. I mean, it wasn't a very expensive thing. Um, so I, I think in, in, this, uh, in this case where you're, you're having an issue where some of the family can pay for it, some of it can't, how about the family who is a little bit better off? They can kind of get together and maybe purchase uh, that gift for the other the other. Uh, uh, family members who can't afford it so much. So that's just, that's just one, one idea. Um, again, you know, I think Josh's substitution idea is great. Maybe finding something more affordable, but certainly if you all get together and, and figure out what the lowest common denominator is, I think you absolutely can find a way to move forward with, with having a great holiday season. Can I talk about the, mo- the most, uh, to answer Angela's question here, the last meaningful gift you received. Mine was just this past week. Um, yeah, I think presence is the best present. And uh, I made a mistake. I bought a couple of uh, basketball tickets 
Um, to you know, my favorite team is obviously the Utah Jazz because they're a phenomenal team. Um, they were playing the the Los Angeles Clippers uh, this past weekend yeah. week yeah weekend and uh, I was gonna go to the game with Bex but she wasn't in town. In fact, she was coming back in town the the day after the game and so I messed up with the scheduling. I read the calendar wrong and so I had an extra ticket and Ryan was kind enough to gift me his time. <laughs> And I was uh, gifted him a ticket as a result. And so sometimes when you give a gift, I gifted a ticket in, in this instance, you get the gift of someone else's presence, someone else that you care about. And an experience is almost always better shared, especially an experience like that. I think real joy, we often hear about the, the most wonderful time of the year, and it's a joyous time of year. Well, the reason it's joyous isn't because of what you get. It's nice to get stuff, and it's not just because of what you give. I know that sounds like, it, of course, it's nice to give things as well. It's really joyous because you're experiencing something together. Real joy happens, not, not just pleasure, not just happiness, but beyond that, real joy happens in the presence of others. And so being able to, to spend time with people we care about, that is, that is real joy. And so, yeah, presence is the best present. Absolutely. And I got to tell you, if you've never been to a professional basketball game, it is a pretty awesome experience. So Rudy Gobert looked like a giant. Like, oh I see goodness. him on TV all the time. He made six foot five guys look small. Absolutely. Yeah, it was <laughs> unbelievable. Seeing them in person is unbelievable. Connor has a question here. How do you explain to people you don't know that well that you are more interested in experiences? It's easy for me to explain to close friends and family well in advance, but I don't know how to approach the topic with acquaintances. Ooh, you know what? Maybe it's maybe with acquaintances, I could see where this would be difficult. Like, you got a coworker, and they're like, what can I get you for Christmas? And you'd be like, an experience. Uh -huh. maybe, maybe another answer uh, would be a consumable. Maybe that's, uh, you know, some other gifts that I've gotten um, are readers who, uh, or listeners or viewers who will send in some gifts from all across the world. And it's usually like chocolate. I got some like red onion jam or some red onion relish or something from Ireland that was out of this world good. Mm. Um, but consumables are, are always a good thing too. So I could see where that would be a little difficult to ask an acquaintance for an experience. Like, yeah, give me concert tickets. Well, and, <laughs> although that's better than saying experience, right? So, so the level of specificity works really well. Sure. I, I think the problem we run into here is when you're in Connor's shoes, you want to say no because that's your knee-jerk reaction, right? Uh, no, don't give me any gifts, please. No, 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 no. No one likes to hear that. That that, that what they hear is not someone who is in the holiday spirit. They hear someone who is essentially saying "bah humbug," and and people don't like the party pooper, right? And so instead of saying no, 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 no. It's, it's getting specific about what you're saying yes to. You can't just say, no gifts, but give me experiences, please. Because then they might, you know, be able to, they might get you an experience that sucks. It isn't well considered. So you have to tell them what experiences really resonate with you. That's going to be different for everyone. It's also going to be different based upon your relationship with that other person. Now, with my wife and I, I can gift her an ex a free experience, like let's go watch a sunset together. But if I do that with Jordan, it might be a little strange, right? Um, and part of that's cultural expectations. Part of it is uh, 
the rapport that we have. Part of, part of it is the expectation of the experience itself, but it doesn't mean that I can't gift an experience to Jordan. It, I just need to be a little bit more considerate. What does Jordan like? Well, maybe, maybe Jordan does a lot of uh, you know, design and, and artwork, maybe, maybe doing some sort of class for him that, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, and, and by the way, it's okay to run these ideas by someone as well. It doesn't have to be, every gift doesn't have to be an absolute surprise. In fact, a well-considered gift is better than a crappy surprise. Yeah, dude, I love that, man. So like if a coworker is asking you, hey, what can I get you for Christmas? You could just say, hey, how about you go on a, on a one-hour walk with me during lunch? Yeah, the more specific you can get, um, I think that's going to help your, you communicate a lot better. Looks like we have a live question. You want to read that or you want me to read it? Karen says, uh, I'll try to condense this down to two sentences. Uh, In my family, in-laws, we use wish lists for birthdays and holidays. I started including experiences, consumables, and donations to good causes on those lists. That's great. We all started giving experiences to others, like going to the zoo or park. Unfortunately, it seems impossible to actually go there. They are always too busy. They say... They can't find the time. <laughs> Any tips? Any tips? We, we, it's funny. Oh. We just recorded a podcast today. It won't be out until January. But we recorded a podcast today with uh, the CEO of a company, a, a relatively large company called Basecamp. Uh, they're based out of Chicago, but they have employees in 35 cities across the world. And um, the whole idea of the podcast was to address this idea of busyness. And we're not, most of us aren't busy. We're faux busy. And... Um, we're in an overstimulated world, and we're busy because we have a culture of interruption. Uh, whether it's tweets or email inboxes or 80-hour work weeks, all of these things. And so there's a great book I'll recommend. Uh, uh, the guy we recorded the podcast with, his name is Jason Fried, and the book he wrote is called It Doesn't Have to Be Crazy at Work. And if I were to uh, pin that title at all, I would just say it doesn't have to be crazy in life. And, and, and so... We make our own lives, you know, our lives are crazy making because we let other people dictate our schedules. And so if we want to be less busy, what do we want to do? We want to be less productive. Now that sounds counterintuitive. What do you mean you want to be less productive? Mm. I want to be more efficient. I don't care about productivity. I care about what I'm actually creating. I want to be more focused on the things that matter. That's the only way that we can be less busy. And the holidays, I think, Ryan, are a prime example of this. The holidays feel very busy because why? Other people's expectations get heaped upon us, or so we think. Mm. Really, most of those expectations, most of the pressure that we feel is internal pressure. And so we can let go of most of that pressure. And by the way, if someone outside of our, uh, outside of us has a, a unrealistic expectation, we don't have to abide by it. If you text me and, and you say, I expect you to get back to me in two minutes, well, you have a poor expectation. Now, maybe I need to do a better job setting the expectation, but I don't have to, I don't have to conform to your expectation because that's just going to make me busy. Yeah. It makes me think about uh, Los Angeles because I, I meet a lot of people. And here's the thing about LA <laughs> is that it's, there's a million people you want to hang out with, but you know, there's only 365 days in a year. So you can't hang out with a million people. It's impossible. And I'll meet someone and we have these plans to go walk in a park or to go on a hike. And I will reach out. I'll, I'll ping them on a text. Hey, do you want to reach out for a hike? Oh no, I'm busy. I'll get back to you. Okay, cool. Maybe I'll ping them one more time. 
uh, yeah, I'm busy. I'll get back to you. And then I just kind of leave it at that. And, and, and it's not that I uh, don't want to hang out with that person. And it's also not that that person doesn't want to hang out with me. What is happening is that they truly do have other things tying up their time and they're not making uh, this thing that we casually said that we would do. Uh, they're not making it a priority. And I don't knock them for that. It just is what it is. But I'm not going to, uh, to lose sleep over not going on this walk that we had talked about going on. And I think the same thing can be said here for Karen. You know, I think the thought that you guys set up this walk, you know, the thought counts that you absolutely had good intentions here, but maybe it just doesn't work out because of different time constraints. Maybe they truly are busy for whatever reason. But the fact is, is that that person isn't making it a priority. I wouldn't get upset. I wouldn't get angry. I would just let it go and accept that 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 isn't a priority in that person's life. And you'll see them next holiday. And maybe you can eventually go on that walk. We have another question here from Gypsy Wolf. Suggestions for gifting to nieces and nephews under 13 years old who always expect the toys they asked for. Oh, expect. I've seen how meaningless those toys become a day later, and I want to help teach them that life isn't just about stuff. Well, the one thing you could do is help them with their expectations. Mm. (laughs) Because ultimately, uh, when I was a kid, there are many toys I asked for. And my parents very quickly taught me that I shouldn't expect to get every toy that I ask for. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, right now the, the biggest hurdle is trying to reimagine. See what I did there? Mm-hmm. I positively <laughs> phrased <laughs> changing these kids' expectations. You have, to, you have to help change their expectations. Mm-hmm. And as an aunt or an uncle, uncle or even a parent... Uh, you know, your job is to not, you know, do anything other than kind of manage these expectations and these needs and these wants that kids have. So I, I don't think you have to feel guilty about not getting them a toy. If you get them a, uh, you know, a, a gift to a, a concert or um, a walk in the park, or you know, maybe you go on a trip. Maybe you're fortunate enough you can you can you know take take your nieces and nephews on a trip. That's really, really cool. Uh, they may be upset at first that they didn't get their toy. I've certainly seen kids where uh, they don't get the toy that they expect and they throw a huge fit and they try to ruin Christmas Day because of, of not getting the toy that they wanted. But the next day, guess what? They forgot about it and they have moved on. I would say that, that uh, to add an additional perspective to that... Um Let's also realize that minimalism or simple living or intentionality is not about deprivation. And Ryan and I aren't here to tell you there's anything wrong with buying a toy for a kid. My daughter's six years old, and you better believe she'll get a few toys this Christmas. And that's okay, because I, I often fall into the same mindset as Gypsy Wolf here, where in my mind I say, I've seen how meaningless those toys become a day later. Well, it's not up to me to determine what is meaningful necessarily for another human being, right? It's, I, now, as a parent, it is up to me to help shape their values and even their preferences to a certain extent. I have less, I have less influence on that, but I certainly have influence on Ella's values. However, what she finds to be meaningful, I find to be vapid, trite, inane, boring, silly, stupid, meaningless, but she doesn't. And so I have to accept also that, okay, I'm not going to gift her the thing that I would, well, let's give her tickets to the symphony or whatever. Like, what the hell is this, right? Um, However, part of the things that that I've, part part of what I've realized over 
uh, I don't know, five, six years of parenting at this point, is um, that kids are often grateful for the strangest things, and they want the strangest things that we can't always understand. Didn't you give, gift her a pineapple one time? Her third birthday, I wrapped up a pineapple. You could totally tell it was a pineapple. Gifted it to her, and she was, it's like the best gift she's ever seen. I, I gave her a pineapple, and you know what else I did? I blew up a ton of balloons and put them all over the house. And she, she woke up, and there were balloons everywhere. She was freaking out. She opened the pineapple, and she's like, it's a pineapple. Can we eat it tonight? <laughs> um, and she was super excited. And, like, I did it as a joke to try to, and the balloons, same thing. Like, try to show, the balloons were, were supposed to be mimetic of the fact that all gifts are ephemeral. Because balloons pop. Right? And as soon as they pop, that means we can't continue to enjoy it. Same is true with all of the gifts. Eventually they pop, but we can enjoy them until they do. Yeah. April has a question here, Ryan. I dislike spending time with family at Christmas. Sounds cruel, but it's true. Any advice for coping with this necessary part of the tradition? Mm. Yeah, I would say uh, be careful with that language there. You're calling it necessary. Yeah. Nothing is absolutely necessary. Um, we decided this year not to go spend uh, Christmas with uh, Bex's ex uh, family and extended family, although we often do that. So while sometimes it's, it feels necessary, sometimes what is necessary is to take a break. Yeah. And you may take a break for a year or two years, and then you re-enter the tradition with a renewed vigor. Yeah, uh, I won't go into details, but I mean, I'm, I'm certainly have gone into details with you personally, Josh, but... Okay. Uh, on uh, with my family, with uh, my mom's side of the family, things can get pretty egregious, uh, vile. Um, it, it just it can it can turn into a really crazy situation sometimes, really quick. Mm. Toxic, and, even. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Toxic holidays. How unfortunate is that? It really is, man. But uh, there have been times. And this this is a couple years ago. It hasn't happened recently. But a couple years ago, I remember it got to a point where it was just so toxic, I didn't even say anything. I just whispered to Mariah. I was like, we need to go. We stood up. We were walking out. Everyone stops. What are you doing? I'm like, we're leaving. They're like, Why are you leaving? I'm like, because this is a very toxic situation. And this isn't any offense to any of you. But Mariah and I don't want to uh, be included with any of this. So we're leaving. And we left. And um, it has gotten a bit better since then. Um, certainly, you know, I got some angry texts. Uh, you know, maybe someone said something to me as we were walking out the door. But ultimately, here's what, I, here's, here's what I would do personally. I would go and spend time with family if that's what they really, really want. And show, that's your olive branch. I'm coming to spend time with you. If it turns into a very toxic situation, then get up and leave. You're an adult. And uh, if they ask why you're leaving, you can just say, hey, look, um, this is turning into a very toxic environment and, you know, I got to go. And there's, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's, how can, how can I say that? I mean, with my family, I can talk to them like that. Mm -hmm. So is there a nicer way to say that? Can you think of, I mean? Yeah, some, sometimes the best way to love someone is from a distance. Yeah, sure. And of course, the thing that Ryan and I often say is you can't change the people around you, but you can change the people around you. And what I mean by that is you're not going to get some of these, if you dislike hanging out with some of these people, it could be just because you spend too much time with them, or more likely it's because you don't share similar values. And so instead of just getting rid of them and ditching them, you can love them from a distance, but you can, you can create new traditions with new people 
who do share your values. And so you're not just saying no to the family, you've got other plans this year. And if you tell people you have other plans, what are they going to say? Screw you, I hate you? Mm. Well, if they do say that, well, that says a whole lot about them and not much about you. Yeah. I'll tell you one other thing I did say is I said, uh, uh, this doesn't feel like a loving environment. Mm. And... um, you know, uh, again, like I had some family members who got a little upset. Actually, one of them called and like crying and apologizing because they, they totally understood like, oh, yeah, that wasn't a very loving environment, was it? All right, our next question is from Sarah. Are there any substantial wrapping paper? Sustainable. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Let me bring this closer. I'm getting old, man. I can't, can't see so well. Are there any sustainable wrapping paper companies or creative ways to wrap gifts that doesn't require the comics from a newspaper? Now, I think the comics from a newspaper is a creative, sustainable way to wrap presents. I've I've also seen uh, a friend of ours take... um, So we own a coffee shop in St. Petersburg, Florida, so we have access to to this stuff. It's called Bandit Coffee, if any of you are in Florida and you want to check it out. Uh, You can also get the coffee online if you'd like, uh, banditcoffee.co. But one thing that we have an abundance of, so I'm saying this because a lot of coffee shops have an abundance, or coffee roasters in particular, because we roast our own coffee, they have all these coffee bean bags that are sitting around. Mm. So I've I've seen people turn it, and it looks like art. It's like the the most memorable, best-wrapped gifts I've seen is yeah. when someone takes one of these these uh, twine bags mm-hmm. um, you, you can do a potato sack anything like that it's so original too it doesn't look like anything else I've seen people dye them before and so they're yeah. different colors you can take some acrylic paint on the, on a bolt up piece of paper and make a pattern on them I yeah. mean it's yeah and we had a few people make suggestions to Sarah's question uh, Amber said I use gift bags and tissue paper or even fabric for a lot of my gifts, I reuse the bags or the people who receive them reuse the bags. So reusing previous wrapping paper you've gotten is a way to recycle it without throwing it out. Um, So you can also get decorative boxes that you can reuse. And then Danielle says, I like to cut the end off of a celery stalk, dip it in red acrylic craft paint, and stamp the image on some old paper or, at, uh, or ads from the mall, whatever I have in the recycling bin. The image from the celery stamp makes a rose pattern and is a really fun way to, to make your own paper and then recycle it after. Same can be done if you have small kids. Have them paint up some old papers or stand their, ha- or stand their handprints, etc., and use that as wrap. So, um, yeah, I, I think that there are a lot of creative means where you can take what is functionally trash or going to be trash very soon and reuse it, repurpose it, and it makes your gift more meaningful because it turns into a sort of arts and crafts project. And by the way, you're going to remember the, the weird, my present smelled like coffee, which I love, and so I, and it looked gorgeous. It was unlike any other gift I got. And by the way, you can even do this for experiences. Sometimes I'll do this with my daughter or with my wife or with other people, if I'm going to take you to a basketball game, you can put that in an envelope and then put it inside a giant box, put that inside another giant box, wrap that up, and it becomes you know, part of the, the entire gift-giving experience because we do often like the tangible aspect of gift-giving, even if we don't need the, the material gift itself. Yeah, absolutely. Margie has a question for us. My family usually do Secret Santa for adults. 
where each person buys for just one other adult with a dollar limit of around $50. However, I've recently been following some minimalist advice and giving experiences, not stuff. Any additional advice on how to get the others on board with this and how to avoid everyone giving each other a $50 movie voucher? Well, I'll say this, Ryan. A $50 movie voucher sounds pretty awesome. I like going to the movie. And that's technically an experience. Yeah, absolutely it is. Um, There are quite a few movies in the theater I want to see right now. And if I had a $50 movie voucher, I'd feel, I feel like I almost had an excuse to like go to the theater yeah. uh, this, this weekend. Got to use it up, yeah. yeah. You know, I've, I've seen uh, Secret Santa Gifts, um, the, the biggest hits. I've only done like maybe a few, a few of these my entire life. But the biggest Secret Santa gift that are a hit are lottery tickets. Because it's like this experience of like, oh, maybe, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll win. Maybe I'll win something. And like, you know, maybe you end up winning, I think... Five bucks, somebody won one time. That's the only time that I think buying lottery tickets makes any sense because <laughs> yeah. otherwise it, it's a poor it's a person's waste. tax. It's a waste of money, yeah. It's a but, tax on the poor. I mean, legitimately yeah. is. But if it's a, yeah, it absolutely is. Um, but, you know, I, you can get creative. I think ultimately, though, if, well, first off, you're not going to change what other people do. And I, I wouldn't go out of your way to try and convert people to give gifts the same way that you're giving gifts but what you can do is lead by example so maybe one year you know you you gift them something that you think is really cool and then the next year something else and the year after that a third thing that's you think is cool and maybe that's thing that will catch on but i certainly um you know if you get a 50 dollar limit then i mean that's everyone has agreed on that i wouldn't then encourage everyone to follow exactly what you're doing. Um, But you could lead by example and hopefully inspire other people to give some pretty cool things. All right, y'all, we're getting toward the half hour mark. So if you have any questions now, is a really good time to ask them in the side. If you're you're watching or listening to this live, we're going to answer one more question that we have printed out here, but then we'll get to any other questions that you have on the live stream as well. Let's uh, check out Claudia's question, Ryan. My family would not... My family would not understand. I do not want anything for Christmas. I would be good with a couple oranges. <laughs> I'd be good with even. I'd be good with no oranges or nothing. Yeah. That's the. That's my second favorite gift. Is nothing at all. Yeah. <laughs> and the first is oranges. Exactly. All right. They are saying that if I did not give you a Christmas gift, it means I do not care or love you. Mm. How? Should I approach my family to convey I am happy with no gifts for Christmas? And what may I suggest is gifts which will not clutter my house? So let's, let's talk about this. We've been sold this meme of gift giving is a love language. And here's the thing. Uh, I understand the sentiment behind that, right? Because it's not the actual gift giving is a love language. Gift giving itself is transactional, right? And love is not a transaction. Love is transcendent. And we should be able to love someone without acquiring a physical good for them. However, when we say gift giving is a love language, love language, here's what we really mean. Adding value to someone else's life is a love language. And one way we can do that is by giving them something, gifting them something. Now, a few tips for that. We don't have to wait for a magical holiday for that to happen. It doesn't have to be December 25th or February 14th or your birthday in order for me to gift you something. 
I might give you some basketball tickets just because it happens to be Sunday, right? Why'd you give these to me? Well, because I think they would add value to your life. And I love you. And because I love you, I want to add value to your life. So, Claudia, what is your family saying? They're saying they want to add value to your life. And it would be selfish of me to say, no, you cannot add value to my life. And so what I need to do is I need to do a better job of instructing the people around me how they can better add value to my life. Instead of saying no to gifts, and by the way, telling them give me two oranges might be kind of insulting. Maybe you ask them to go pick oranges with you. There you go. That is a, that's a much better experience, and you'll get more than two oranges. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. And, and, and so understanding that they want to add value to your life, and you know you want to add value to theirs, you just need to find out the best, most intentional way to do so. Now, intention doesn't mean going to your local shopping mall and browsing for inspiration and then finding, well, I found this $25 widget. That, man, I hope you like it. It's nice and shiny. That is not adding value to their lives. In fact, that thing will get in the way of that which truly does add value to their lives. Maybe you could uh, ask them... Like, hey, the, the biggest gift you can give me is not stressing out about buying me a gift. It would, be, it would be a very great gift to see you stress-free and to not worry about having to show your love with a physical item. Well, what do you think, Josh? Um, I think it's time to wrap up, y'all. Yeah, if you guys have any questions, um, you know, Josh and I can ramble for a couple more minutes. Um, but looks like we're wrapping up here. We do, uh, we'll do one more live event probably this month and send it out to you guys. Um, what do you think, man? All right, Joe, here, here's what I think. This is the most wonderful time of year, but so is every other time of year. We don't have to wait for Christmas. We don't have to wait for Black Friday. We don't have to participate in the madness. Yeah, Black Friday is, is something that Ryan and I ran a bunch of retail stores, and it is manufactured by people who, who um, I mean, we planned all year for Black Friday weekend and for the holiday shopping season. In fact, that is the problem. The holiday season has transformed into the holiday shopping season. We've, we've covered up everything that's special. We've literally let shopping get in between the holiday season. Yeah. And we can change that. We can gift experiences, not wait for the holidays, but we, we can enjoy tradition, we can enjoy experiences, and we can even enjoy intentional gift giving, whether it's consumables or even intentional physical goods in a way that doesn't break the bank, in a way that doesn't stress us out, that actually brings calm to our lives mm. because that's ultimately what we want. When, when I think back to my childhood and I think back to Christmas, I know it really stressed my mom out because we were poor and she had she had decisions to make with the very few resources we had, right? Mm -hmm. And because of everyone else's expectations, that stressed her out. But if we start to let go of everyone else's expectations, and then we raise our standard for a better holiday season, for better traditions, you'll be in a much better place a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. Yeah. Any, anything that's stressing you out during this holiday season you know, stop and ask yourself if it's something that you really need to stress yourself out over. Is it something that you can let go of and have a better holiday season? Or is it something that you absolutely have to have? The chances are you could probably just let it go. Looks like we had a couple more things pop up here. 
Um, do, you, do you ever answer a question about how to handle gift giving requests when people didn't like giving experiences or money but need to buy a thing? Yeah, we, we already addressed that during, during this, this, uh, this stream here. and So you can go back and listen to it for sure. Yeah, even if you have spent years trying to convince them not to. I mean, here's another take on this too. If someone buys you something, even though you ask them for a gift, uh, I'm sorry, for, for an experiential gift or a consumable gift, and they still want to get you a tie clip, guess what? It's your tie clip. It's not theirs. It's yours. Mm. And ultimately, they bought you that present to be happy. And that's really what it comes down to. They want you to be happy. So if you're happier without that tie clip, you can take your tie clip and you can let it go if that makes you happier. That is, uh, there's nothing, there's nothing you know, wrong with doing that. Don't feel bad about doing that. Um, just wanted to drop a suggestion, make a playlist to share with friends. I think that's a great idea. That's totally cool, man. Like, make a, you're going to make a holiday playlist. You should make a holiday playlist. You've always got good uh, music yeah. recommendations. Well, I, I kind of do this every year. So at the end of every year, and, and Jessica helps me put them on Spotify. So um, for the last, I don't know, seven, eight, nine years, uh, you, can, you can find it on our Facebook page as well. Uh, Facebook.com slash The Minimalists. Or if you just go to TheMinimalists.com slash sound, that's the best way to, to do this. Uh, to, to find, at the end of the year, I put together like a best albums list. It's yeah. like a top 12, top 10, top 15 list. And then Jessica turns it into a playlist for us now as well. So you can find that at TheMinimalists.com slash sound. And it's my favorite music from that year. So this year it'll be 2019. And then I'll keep doing it. But you can go back to years past as well. Yeah. I think it's a, it's a great suggestion. Yeah, I think it's a great great call. Like, make a playlist, send it out to your friends and family. Um, we got another question here from Marcy. How do you deal with Christmas gifts with young kids five years old? I don't want my kid to feel different than their classmates. And they might be too young to understand the minimalism philosophy. We kind of talked about that uh, a little bit earlier with, with uh, gift giving for kids. If you join the, the stream late... Go back and watch. Um, we talked about that in the first like five or ten minutes. But ultimately, here's the thing. Kids just want to be loved. And they just want to see you excited. And Josh talked about giving Ella a pineapple. Yeah, but also don't deprive your kids. If they want some toys. Yeah. My daughter has toys. The problem is the average Western child America in the UK has about 300 toys but plays with only roughly 12 of them on average. And so what we've, we've done is we've, we've steeped them in overabundance, and overabundance creates a paradox of choice, and that's an opposite problem. But we also don't want the opposite problem from that, which is Spartanism, where they have no toys at all and they feel unfulfilled. There is a, there is a healthy balance, and it's closer to owning less, but owning less doesn't mean owning nothing. Yeah, and i got to tell you, my parents went way out of their way to make it clear that my life was not like all the other kids' Uh, at school's life, so um, I still, you know, I still love them. I, I don't have any resentment towards that. In fact, I'm I'm kind of glad that they taught me that lesson. A um, couple more questions here. Have either of you ever found yourself slipping back into old, over-consuming habits? Yes, Josh has a room full of Fabergé eggs. He had he had to purchase. No, um, or did you find it was a clean breakaway? I mean, here's the thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I certainly twinge to buy stuff every once in a while, but I mean, now I just, I'm able to deal with those impulses in a much better way. I mean, I was talking on a podcast about, uh, with Eric, uh, Weinstein, I was talking to him about how, you know, I'd love to buy a Tesla and I could like, you know, get the, I could dip into my house fund and go into some savings and maybe, maybe, maybe I could, you know, blow all that money on a Tesla. And there's this lie that I tell myself like, oh, I would enjoy LA more because traffic would be better and I could 
But the truth is this, is that I know that that isn't going to make my life appreciably better. And, and I can very easily, because of the, the habits that I've instilled, the, the, the philosophy that I've instilled, I can come to that conclusion pretty quickly. So, um, you know, I'm not perfect. I, my junk drawer, you know, Mariah and I, we've got this thing where um, one of us will go to open the junk drawer and then all of a sudden, like, it's kind of hard to close. And we're like, oh, okay. It's time to declutter the junk drawer. We don't start junk drawer number two. Uh, we, we get rid of the stuff that's in there. So, yes, I mean, certain things do creep back in. Josh and I are not perfect. Well, Josh might be perfect, but I am not perfect. And, uh, you know, minimalism is not about perfection. There's a difference, though, between impulse and habits. Mm-hmm. And so, I, yes, I'm, I'm with Ryan 100%. I slip back into old impulses all the time because impulse is easy. We, we are... Um, uh, there's a, a section in a new book we're, we're writing right now um, that is called Under the Influence of Impulse. And, and it's, a, it's about drunk shopping. In fact, there's this whole article that came out recently about... Uh, Wait, drunk shopping or drunk? Or junk shopping? Drunk. <laughs> People... So, so oh yes, with yeah. uh, like drunk Amazon shopping. Yeah, I think seventy six percent of people wow. have purchased something drunk in the last year. Seventy six percent of people who have been drunk have purchased something while drunk in the last year, mm. and so uh, it's drunk shopping. And I, my argument is that a hundred percent of us do this; that we are under the influence of impulse. Mm. However, you don't have to act on the impulse. So the question was about habits. So does the impulse come back to me? Yes. Do the habits? No. And let me explain why there's a no. I, uh uh-oh, Jordan's panicking over here. What's going on? Okay. Uh, I thought maybe there was something wrong with our microphone. Um, And uh, so so, uh, habits and impulse. Uh, We are, uh, we can stop at impulse and we can realize that the reason I don't have the, uh, I don't make it a habit, I I don't fall back into the bad habits is because I, um, well, I, oh man, Jordan, I totally lost my train of thought. You got to <laughs> well, well, what you're saying, what, what it helps me think about is how the, the way. Oh, here we go. Here. Benefits. Okay. All right. Benefits. <laughs> um, it's, I, I understand the benefits of living with less. And so um, if you just understand the how, how to declutter your closet, if you understand the what, like what stuff I own, that's not enough. Why is it important that I live with less? Why is it important that the things I own add value to my life, they serve a purpose, or they bring me joy, and everything else is out of the way? And if I understand why, what are the benefits for me? Maybe it's more time, better relationships, better finances, uh, more time for my creativity, better relationships, more ability to contribute to my community in a meaningful way. These are all benefits that are important. It's not just about the stuff. The stuff is the initial bite at the apple, but then it goes way beyond that. And understanding the why helps you out with the how and the what. Totally agree. Couple more comments here. Uh, I like to I like to get gifts for people when I know the perfect gift, and often I know a great practical gift to give my mom, but not my dad. So do I just get something for my mom? What to do in that situation? Oh, yes. Um, you know, I mean. Here's the thing. If your dad's feelings are going to get hurt, then get him a bag of coffee. I mean, I, I know that you know something that your dad likes that is a, that is a consumable. Or gift him an experience, a, a, a walk in the park, or you know, a, take him out to a movie. That's what I do with my grandmother. Uh, if, if I'm in Ohio for Christmas, like her and I, we have this thing where like we know we're going to go see a movie on Christmas Day. Uh, and yeah, it's just her and me, or her and I. 
Yeah, her and I. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it, and that's, that's totally okay. So, but, you know, if it's not going to hurt your dad's feelings, then your feelings shouldn't be hurt if you get your mom something and not your dad something. But I'm certain there's something out there that, you know, if you want to balance it out, yeah, get him a, get him a pack of gum if he likes to chew gum. Technically, it's her and me in that sentence. Oh, it is. You're right. It is her and me. So I was right the first time. Um, here's, love, a, here's the other thing, though. I love words. You haven't asked your dad what he wants. Ooh. And maybe it, all it takes is, hey, I want to get you something meaningful. What would be meaningful this holiday season? And, and when, you, when you phrase it that way, as opposed to, hey, what do you want for Christmas? It's finding the right language to better understand what their needs, desires, wants, interests, values are. And if you can do that, you can frame it in a way where, ah, I really want to find a way to make this holiday season the most meaningful yet. Can you help me do it? He's going to say, yeah, of course I can. Here's what I'd love to to get, and here's how I'd like to experience it with you. I love that, man. Uh, Karen, I've got a, this is the the last thing we'll we'll finish this on. Um, She says, I had the the best holidays when I let go of the idea that I had to create the best Christmas for my children. Mm. And if you can let go of that, and Karen, it's easier said than done. But instead of creating the best Christmas for your kids, creating the best Christmas for your mom and dad, just create a meaningful Christmas. That's what they're going to remember. They're not going to remember the best Christmas. They're going to remember the meaningful Christmas. All right, y'all. Love people. Use things. We will see you next time. Thanks so much, y'all. It's been a pleasure.